Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Will. It's Dov. And it's Griff. In today's episode, we got a little NBA free agency just started up today. And a little... Um, Red Sox talk, as well as a new segment that we will be talking about later on in this episode. What do we say? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. Welcome back to Inside the Five. We're going to get things kicked off right away with NBA free agency with the news we all wanted to hear. Breaking news. Jalen Brunson signing with the New York Knicks. On a four-year, $110 million deal. What an irrelevant signing that is, boys. I mean, they went from plus 10,000 to win the NBA Finals to plus 10,000 to win the NBA Finals with that move. Will, what are your initial thoughts on that? I mean, like, to be fair, it is, like, a good signing, but it's also the Knicks. It's, like, so irrelevant to, like, to, like, to the possible guys that could be signed. Like, we're, we're amongst, like – like a huge blockbuster trade with like between Kyrie and KD, like Donovan Mitchell still in talks right now. Like there's like a lot of other better things going on. And this dude just got like a pay, like an absolute bag. Like, and like, not only that, Will, it's like the fact that like they, they made all these moves in order to like free up cap space for someone. But the whole time, everyone knew it was going to be Jalen Bronson. It's like, he had a good run in the playoffs, but like, why why was that the number one guy that the Knicks like needed and they went out and got him for a lot of money? People were saying that like they want him like he was saying, I think people were saying that they think him on a team that doesn't have a person like Luka Doncic who needs the ball all the time pretty much that he would be like a really good player in like someone's offense like on the team. But like I also just don't understand like they do this every year. They just like get rid of mad people and then sign like an average guy for like so much money. And then like he does good for one year and then they're like, oh, yeah, our team the sucks. Back. Well, the yeah. thing is with, with Jalen Brunson, he, yeah, he's a solid player, but is he really worth $110 million? That's a like, lot of money. That's it's a lot, a lot of lot. money. It's a lot of money. And that's like a guy who's going to at peak average 18 a game in the regular season. So, What's your hypothetical starting five now? You only got you're only guaranteed like three positions with Jalen Brunson. I mean, you're paying him 110 million dollars to start. RJ, who's a solid player, who's eventually gonna be due for a contract, and he sees that Jalen Brunson is getting paid 110 million dollars. So God knows what he's gonna ask for. And then 
Julius Randle is the only other guaranteed starter, but no one in New York likes Julius Randle. So it's like, what direction are the Knicks actually trying to go to? Because they moved mountains to get Jalen Brunson. I feel like they made so many moves. I mean, they're probably going to get rid of Evan Fournier now. They got rid of Kemba Walker. They got rid of, um, pick me up here. Who else did they get rid of? They got rid of uh, Ish Smith and the other guard. Oh, yeah. Um, Ish Smith Alec actually Burks. has the most teams played for in NBA history by a single player. I think it's like 13. Yeah. So it's like they move so many mountains to get Jalen Brunson. And for what? How much better the, are the Knicks now that they have Jalen Brunson? But I, I think that's a good starting point. I don't think we're going to go as in-depth with some of these signings. But another signing that I – or let's talk about the re-signings first. Um, I wanted to say the big one. We had two super maxes go out today. The biggest one, making Nikola Jokic like the highest paid player in the NBA with a was it like a five? It was five years, two hundred sixty four million dollars yeah. super max with he's a the first fifty year sixty million dollar option. He's a he's the first player in NBA history to be worth a quarter billion dollars in one contract or to get a quarter billion dollars in one contract, which, is, contract. which you could say technically deserved, but that's insane. But Griff, what are no, your thoughts I, on that? I mean, no, I would definitely think that like it's deserved because when you're putting a price on someone like that, he not only has to obviously be your best player, right? But the things that he does in Denver in terms of selling seats, bringing in a whole new audience from overseas, like think about all the money that they actually make from like a financial standpoint for that team. I think it's a lot of money. But I think it is 100% worth it because they're going to make it back from their fans. And um, where is he from? Serbia. 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 The whole country is watching the Denver Nuggets every night. So, like, that's a, that's a smart financial move. I, I guarantee that, like, he's going to lead the profit. He's, like, he owns Europe now. Like, him and Luca are the guys. Dirk's gone. And, and I, I just, from, like, a financial management standpoint, I think that was a very good move. I, I think it was probably yeah. like the most like, like common sense. The same thing with the honor for the Nuggets. Yeah, they're expanding. Like, exactly, and then and then um, Devin Booker signed. What was it like a four year supermax? Oh. I don't know the numbers yeah. on it, but it was also a, a lot of money. And the last one that I actually did want to kind of go more in depth with was Bradley Beal re-signing with the Wizards. He's literally just Damian Lillard 2.0. He says that he knows what he wants to do. He said he knows he wants to win and all this stuff. Yet. He's just kind of stuck in Washington unless he th- sees a grandmaster plan to bring like KD to Washington and without giving up anyone and all this stuff. But it's like, what is he doing necessarily? I mean, I, you can't resist a bag, but at this point in his career, he's had a great, he's had big deals in the past. I think he's re-signed with the Wizards multiple times, which gave him a bag. And at what point in your career – you get. I feel like a common theme with a lot of players who retire is the fact that they never got a. They regret not getting a ring. And yeah, you can have all these career earnings, which is obviously amazing. You're gonna have generational wealth, but you still get that if you go to a competitor. Like you don't get the same amount, but at that point, what's a few million dollars? You know, I mean, that's me saying that. But like, what's the difference if you're a super max player? Of getting having a chance to compete for a ring and like what's the difference like 30 million dollars from the supermax on a team that you play so it's like i don't really like that move i think that he could have tried to do something else 
but it's kind of like the media bias here where it's like if he ran, then he's just chasing a ring. But if he stayed, he's just money hungry. I feel like the media would have respected him regardless of his decision because it's one, you have to keep in mind, he's been there through thick and thin. He's deciding to stick it out for longer. I feel like this is one of those cases where you see a player is going to like, like Brad Beal right now signing a huge contract. He's going to leave after two years if they don't do anything. He's basically like, whatever it was at a five-year deal, he's going to give them half of their deal and he's going to get traded to another team for the second half of his deal. That's going to take over the rest of their contract. Cause they like, I feel like logically not a lot of teams would probably like match that because you have to trade for him right now. Cause he did, wasn't an extension or was he a free agent? He was a free agent. He, he was a free agent. agent. He so, opted yeah. out to re-sign the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I feel like th- that deal was v- like enormous. I feel like you just can't – like he has time to make that decision, but I feel like if he stalled the Wizards, I feel like they would have just like given up on him. Yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of what I mean. Yeah, no, it's – you think he's going to these different places, and especially when it comes to a player that doesn't play on like a necessarily good team. And like you, you expect them to leave at some point. And stop. You're right. This isn't like his off his rookie deal. Like he signed a four year deal last time, and everybody was surprised when he did that. And once that was over, and like they had Russ through that and everything, like what is his thought process going into next season and the season after that? Does he think that he has like a chance of landing another superstar there? It didn't work last time with Russ because why would the one and the two be the two best players? Kind of thing. They both needed the ball. If he's looking for a KD, KD can play with anybody. But the only link that Kevin Durant has to Washington is that that's like his hometown team, which is a pretty good link. But I really don't think KD is going to want to go to to Washington and build up with yeah. Brad Beal for a year. Like, he's ready to win championships yeah. in the next year folded. So, like, I, I don't know why Bradley Beal just signed that deal. I think it was just yeah. money. You're looking and at I mean, Kevin Durant the wrong time of his career. If this was, like, six years ago, maybe. Yeah, I think exactly. we we're, we kind of skipped over this. I think this is should have. I this is kind of yes. I kind of want to make yes. the Jalen Brunson joke, but Dejounte Murray getting traded to the Hawks is probably going to be the second biggest trade, third biggest trade behind wherever Kyrie and KD end up. It's probably going to be two separate. Yeah. And then this Dejounte Murray trade, he's a guy who's going to make an immediate impact and make everyone around him better. We talked about this in our group chat right when it happened. Griff, you said it best. DeJounte Murray is one of the best rebounding point guards in the league. He's one of the best defending on-ball defenders in the league. And he can, he's a guy who's going to give you 29-9. and nine. He's, a, he's basically a walking triple-double. He's going to perfectly, hopefully, perfectly fit with Trey Young and what they're trying to build down there in Atlanta. But what are what is everyone else's initial thoughts on this? Because... I think the East is such a gauntlet that you have to take a chance on a player who's up for grabs. Well, well, you know, DeJounte Murray is like one of my favorite players in the league, so I got this one. Um, yeah. I wanted DeJounte in where he was going to be the one, the true one. Now, I feel like he's going to kind of be splitting reps with Trey Young, bringing up the ball, being the primary, primary ball handler. But, like, when it comes to what DeJounte Murray can do on defense – and on offense in terms of assists, that's going to open up the whole floor for Trey Young because imagine if Trey Young accepts a role as, okay, you don't have to create off the shot so much. Let's find you moving off ball, 
kind of in a Steph Curry role, kind of where they have Steph doing, where he's still handling the ball, but there's times where he doesn't have it and he's going to find his way through screens, get open in the corner and pop a three. I think that if Trey Young kind of buys into taking a couple less reps and so does DeJounte Murray, and they can kind of get their heads around the fact that they can both drop 20 to 25 a game and then DeJounte can go get like seven or eight assists, 10 rebounds, and Trey Young can get his seven or eight assists. If they realize that they can do that, then I actually think this might work. I was going to say, I think it might work too, especially after the last couple of years, like Trey Young and the Hawks kind of folding in the playoffs. And like, especially this year, he kind of got bullied trying to score like a bunch of points every single game. He's kind of understanding that he can't do that every single game and them winning is it because it won't happen. Exactly. So I feel like this will kind of allow some leeway on him. Like he'll be happy that he doesn't have to drop 40 points a night and take ridiculous shots, but he can do half as much amount of work and have someone else who can equally provide the same thing. But from the whole Hawks perspective, they're losing out on John Collins potentially, which that's a big hit for their starting lineup because now like that's their guy. He's homegrown guy. Like you don't want to lose that piece. He's very good. So they, they well, need to work on it, it really pieces. depends. It depends on the return on what they get from John Collins because if well, they trade John obviously if yeah. they trade but, John Collins, most likely they're gonna get starter caliber players from teams that are rebuilding technically. I mean, yeah, I was saying hypothetically they of- if they didn't get the right piece, like it, obviously they're going to accept a trade, but like if that doesn't work out the way they want that wanted to, like you're still losing a very valuable piece that would probably still be efficient at, at that team. Yeah, I mean they, it's not even guaranteed they trade John Collins. I feel like John yeah. Collins and Kevin Herter are two guys who are always going to be in trade talks. Um, but they got rid of Danilo Gallinari and picks. The Hawks, I think, definitely won this trade, and. Danilo Gallinari just got bought out by the Spurs, and he's said that two of his teams that he wants to go to are the Bulls and the Celtics. I think the Bulls can offer him more money on the mid-level exception by like $2 million, but the Celtics have to get him. Just I, I don't want to kind of sound dramatic here, but... It will kind of be demoralizing if we lose out on a player who will get rotation minutes to the Bulls. We, you know, we're just coming off of a finals appearance where we were a few pieces away from, over, I mean, two games away from winning it. Some bench scores would help, and that's exactly what Danilo Gallinari is. But he's six foot nine, six ten, like a yeah. pure shooter, can score in the paint. That's a guy who you want off your bench, and he would gladly accept a bench role. And our bench, if we get more and more deep, that kind of brings that obviously puts less pressure on the starters. Everyone knows that, but it also puts less pressure on the front office to get a big name splash free agent where that's, what's going to determine a winner and L for this off season. Because right now we've seen the reports all day that the Celtics are linked to Kevin Durant and the front offices are talking, blah, 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 blah. I'm really not getting my hopes up for that because I just think it's going to be a punch in the stomach when we trade eventually who we're going to trade because we know that the Nets said that the only way that they trade Kevin Durant to the Suns is for Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they don't trade Kevin Durant to the Celtics for without. Well, they just came out with a report saying they're asking for two All Stars minimum. Yeah. Yes. Like oh, for, so, like whoever Which you like, give up, yeah, like that's like that's it a lot doesn't of, it like, doesn't it make sense, sense, but it's a lot of ask, it's a lot to ask for. Like not a lot of teams the, even have two All Stars. I like, know there are it, a few, but like 
what do you want, Stephen Clay? Like, I feel like that makes sense. I feel like this. If well, Kyrie they also said they, the Lakers, like, because that's been the talk all day that he's pursuing the Lakers, like they he wants to move there. I feel like if that doesn't work out, there's going to be a three team combo package deal. That's going to be KD and Kyrie splitting off, but there's going to be multiple teams involved if well, they want that's to. That's a good take, Will. I like a, that. A thing that's that's kind of stupid, in my opinion. The Nets could just like not trade him. He's under their contract. He has four years remaining on his contract. Is he really going to sit out for the next four years? He loves basketball. He 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 had KD won't sit out. Kyrie will have no issue. Yeah, Kyrie 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 hates basketball. We all know that. Yeah, like like, you know, KD loves basketball. There's no way he sits out. And like. The thing is, the thing is, Kyrie kind of is just now in trade talks. He said he's back, so they're obviously going to shop him if they want to play together. That's been the whole talk. So, like, clearly, if they want to play together and they want to move the three-team trade, where there's going to be a huge package for them, is going to make sense. But KD won't sit out because he loves basketball. But KD formally requested a trade. It's not like he's sitting there being like, "I'm not going to play for you guys." I don't think that's the case. I feel like he'll take it into the season if it has to be taken into the season. And. He's one of those guys, like we said, he loves the basketball. It's not like he's just going to sit out. As stupid as that kind of sounds, he's not going to sit out if he's not getting what he wants. He's a guy who's going to put the game before himself. And um, he just absolutely loves the game. And it's just one of those things where it's like some teams could, like I said in our group chat before, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Milwaukee for Chris Middleton. And then you package Chris Middleton and a bunch of picks or whatever for Kevin Durant. And if I'm the Nets, I'm like, okay, I get the all-star caliber player. We hypothetically keep Kyrie or whatever they do. Or you trade him to Miami for Tyler Hero and Bam out of bio and picks. Like if that's what they really want, if you're the Heat, you accept that? Like it's one of those things where it's like, how what is Kevin Durant worth? Because in NBA history, we've never seen a superstar as good as Kevin Durant bounce from so many teams especially yeah. kind of in the prime of his career so we don't know what to value kevin durant at well, it's we've like never if, really seen him get exactly traded before like like a if, trade like you don't we've never like we've never seen a superstar get traded like at all like you, like you could say like james harden but katie's at a different level K- that's a completely the, different level. The that's like if, that's like if james harden got traded during his mvp years it's low-key like I, I don't want to say it, but like it's low key LeBron esque. Like this. That's is, what I was just going to say. Oh, that, it is. is LeBron. Like if LeBron that. were to get traded, because Bron never got traded either. He just no. He free. just signed. So what is LeBron James valued at? If you're a franchise, what would you give up to get LeBron James? That's reasonable because technically he's worth more than any package that you could put together. I know that's like, like a whole starting lineup with like two all stars on it. In my opinion, yeah, like, they, they, like they're gonna get a nasty, nasty, nasty offer. Like whatever they get is gonna be crazy. Like you know the package is gonna be unreal because if they get rid of both of them, they're gonna be better than what they were with both of them on the same team. Well, are they though? Because they're real. Like everyone's leaving Brooklyn. Like their entire bench is it's, gone. Their starting well, five I, is basically gone. But ben you have Simmons to also keep in mind himself. they got swept in the first round by us, so they're gonna be better. Andre Drummond just signed with the Bulls, by the way. I just figured I'd. I also oh, that's a good pickup. I still believe in Andre Drummond. I I'll never give up on him. He I gets also so many rebounds a game. That's a good pickup for the Bulls. Yeah. I also want to say the New York Post came out 
one thing. It's Katie and Jalen Brunson. So the first thing was born to Brun. Knicks expected to land coveted point guard for four years, 110 mil. They called Jalen Brunson a coveted point guard. They also said, thin man has no heart. Durant begs out after single playoff series win for 119.3 million. And it's just, that's it. It's it's like, <laughs> I if I'm a, a Nets fan, if they even exist, I'm like, what the hell just happened? Because that's clear, that's probably the biggest disappointment in NBA history. You go from Kyrie, James Harden, KD, literally everyone choosing to go to the Nets to nothing. You have none of those guys. You have Ben Simmons, who does isn't even guaranteed to even play next year. So, it, I, you, what direction do you go in? Because if all these guys want out, Kyrie resigned just to opt. In. No, that that pisses me off heavily, to be honest. I, I w- if this was like any other player in any other team, I would be like, what the hell are they doing? Because Kyrie chose to go back, but now he wants out. Because he had like he, a whole quote and everything, like, and he and, was like, all, all yeah. even or whatever it was. And it was Dare like to be different. Yeah, you're yeah. the first player in NBA history to opt into a, to a contract, get an extension for a hundred something million dollars, and, and three days later want to leave. After you chose to be there, this is this. How many times is Kyrie Irving gonna do this? Where, literally, actually, I, I'm gonna kind of walk walk back a little bit here. Nobody wants Kyrie Irving besides the Lakers. I still find that baffling to me, though, because I remember when they said they Kyrie didn't want to play with LeBron again. He literally well, said he didn't want to play with LeBron. He, again. He's he's bipolar, so like, yeah, that was like that. Who knows if that day Kyrie like. That's the thing. Like he well, probably know, signed. Like, he probably resigned. Like he, he was having like, like yeah. a good day, and then like it just seems like, ridiculous yeah, to me. Like obviously, I like everyone. Today. You don't. And, and then today he was like, oh, "I want to be traded." Yeah. So like, it, it, no, it, I don't understand. Uh, but I feel like we should have saw this coming. Shout out Udonis Haslam, by the way. I was gonna he's say the same. Yeah, he's, One he's, year, he's, he's back yeah, for he's, twenty. Twentieth year. That's crazy. Um, what, what other guys are we kind of missing here? I mean, Kyle Anderson signing with the Timberwolves. That would have been nice to have on the Celtics. Uh, JaVale, JaVale, yeah, JaVale, JaVale McGee to the Mavs. That's a good fit. They need it. He's probably going to start for them. He might like, start. Yeah. Like, I've been starting, saying that the whole time. That starting five might not be but that they need bad. You got Luca Dinwiddie. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner small forward uh christian wood and then javel 
Probably at the three is going to be Reggie Bullock, but that guy sucks. Like, you yeah, can't convince me. Yeah, that Reggie Bullock stinks. Sucks. That guy stinks. But, I mean. Well, what about Donovan Mitchell? Possibly going to the Heat. Well, no, that was that was Cap. Was it actually? Because I, I saw a yeah. bunch of stuff saying that that's yeah, the, like. the. I didn't say the, it was going to uh, happen, but, like, they said that. That's the the source at. for that was Fat Joe, and then Fat Joe came out and said that he didn't say it. Oh, what? That's what you sent in the group yeah. chat? That's what that was? Yeah. Oh, that was so – I was so confused. What? I mean, it, it, it totally could happen, but that report itself – Because I saw a bunch of, like, NBA, like, Twitter accounts, like, tweeting out saying that they were, like, in heavy talks and, like, that they were discussing, like, a move. I don't well, see why they might right. be, to be honest. Uh, I feel like that's a good fit. Another yeah. – uh, oh, it's a, it's a great fit, but, like, the Jazz – are they willing to move on from Mitchell? Who knows? But, but some low-key signings. Joe Ingles signed with the Bucks. No one really seemed sure. to be talking about that. Um, the Clippers re-signed Nick Batum, and the Bucks re-signed Bobby Portis. That's a. The Bucks are kind of trending in the right direction. I don't really know what they're doing with Pat Connington. I don't know if they. Um, if they re-signed they, him. They re-signed him. Okay, yes, so sir. that's another. Oh, like yeah. they're they're kind of running it back. They're like okay. If Chris Middleton's healthy, we're running it back, and we can beat anyone. That's kind of that's what I see as what they're doing. How can I? Not by the way, here? by the way, man of the week, man of the week, Pat Connaughton. He re-signed with the Bucks, and then the next day flew to Greece because Giannis's movie just dropped, and he mm-hmm. was at the premiere. I mean, what a what a teammate! You what have to teammate. have him around the locker room. He's a yeah. cool guy. Just an absolute great bench mom. Giannis's best friend. Player. He is. Yeah, I know, and that's why you need him on the Bucks. So yeah. shout out, Pat. Um, I'm just kind of looking through Shams. Oh, all right. By the way, Shams has overtaken what, which, in my opinion, agreed. Uh, Victor Oladipo agreed. resigning with the Heat, one year, eleven million dollars. That's all right. That's kind of interesting because there might be some subliminal messages there. You don't pay a guy eleven million dollars to come off the bench. He might start. Yeah, he might start, and I think he could start. Easily. I think he, he should. Really, he was really probably well. like their. He was probably their best, like probably their second best player. In that series against the Celtics. In the Celtics series, definitely. Mm-hmm. I would definitely. I mean, uh, I think Jimmy was number one. Yeah, easily. That That's hands down. He had a couple hands of games down. where he was off, but, like, the, the things that he did and, and the amount that he played was just insane. All right. Uh, Kevin Knox signed a two-year deal with the Pistons. The Pistons are kind of building something of a very young team. A young, young I like team. it. I like it. Like, I'm excited they, for the Pistons. They're probably going to buy out Kemba Walker, and their average age is, what, going to be 26, 25, not even? The Pistons? Okay, wait. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. This year, my young, fun, exciting team is the Detroit Pistons. That's a good pick. Yes. I'm gonna wait. That's my I'm team. Gonna wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like watch them. I'm, I'm gonna have fun I'm, watching. I'm them. rocking with you on that one. We were talking about that earlier. Um, Lonnie Walker signed a one-year deal with the Lakers. That's that's a good, good signing. signing. Lakers. I wanted him for the Celtics. Can Me guard too. all five positions. Mm-hmm. Right off the bench, I wouldn't think he'd be a starter. Uh Dwayne Deadman resigned with the Heat. I'm just kind of going through Sham's tweets. Uh, anything Malik Monk signing a two year deal with the Kings that's a decent, he's probably going to start. It's not a bad yeah. one, DeAndre Jordan to the Nuggets. Yeah, that that's pretty much it, actually. Like, other than that, Who's there other bench spot. You know what, Demarcus Cousins, he didn't deserve that. Because, DeMarcus, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, wait, what a, I forgot. Yeah, I could, they, I, they just like they now they're gonna stop Demarcus Cousins. He was so good off the bench this year. Yeah, that, that kind of was. like that caught me off guard when you said that. I was like, "What, Demarcus Cousins? What am I? I what did I miss?" 
But he's, yeah, he's just their backup. He's their backup center, and he's really good. I'll take DeMarcus Cousins on the Celtics. I would take DeMarcus Cousins on any basketball you? team. I think he could play on any team, but not a starter. Maybe yeah. a couple teams, but Off like the bench. He, he's a do-it-all center, and he, yeah. he fits in so well with the Nuggets because Jokic can shoot, can stretch it out a little bit, and so can Boogie. I think it works very well there, and I I don't agree with that signing. I feel Free like, Boogie. yeah, I feel like DeAndre Jordan's very overrated. Yeah, he's he doesn't really have um a skill set other than catching lobs. And if you don't have a pass-first point guard, DeAndre Jordan's worthless. Like, you look at the Chris Nets. Paul, Chris Paul made him look like a yeah, god. Chris, and then once he didn't have a point guard, he was yeah. just, like, back to, like, okay. He gets you know what like You know what my favorite center. thing is about yeah. NBA Twitter and stuff? It's like, oh, this team's, like, a point guard like Chris Paul away. There is no point guard like Chris Paul. Like, no, at all. That's just be like, oh, we're like a LeBron type player away. But the fact that like Chris <laughs> Paul, LeBron is like, type player, like Chris Paul for some reason is a a guy who everyone's like, oh, we need a player like him. Yeah, no shit. Like nobody's like him. Yeah, like nobody's Chris Paul. There's a reason why Chris Paul is Chris Paul. It's like, oh, we need a player like Michael Jordan or Steph Curry, and we'll be fine. Yeah, like he's thanks. like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, it, I, I think that's so like, funny. Yeah, I'd hope like, you'd be fine if you signed someone like that. It's I like, oh, we need someone like a Ray Allen. Like, like you can't say you need someone like a Hall of Famer because, like, who who, who would be the closest to a Chris yeah. Imagine, Like, imagine being like, oh, yeah, we're just a shack away from winning the yeah, NBA Finals. Like, like so is every so team st- in the NBA. I think that's like, so stupid that people, like, actually use that in that. I think the knowledge of NBA Twitter just – it's going right just, down to the toilet. Downward spiral. I, I, I look at some of these comments, and it's like, first of all, all right, hold on. This is kind of a side note. Canadian sports fans are the stupidest people ever, Toronto specifically. They have the most unrealistic expectations. They are the stupidest people to talk to on Twitter. I'll always remember the Celtics went up to Toronto and they played nobody. I think Sam Hauser started, and we took them into overtime when they were fully healthy. And oh, the Raptors, Marcus Smart yeah, the Marcus Smart game. Yes, and Marcus Rap, Smart. Raptors fans were like, "This is a huge win for us. This is like against a really good team. We didn't have anybody." And you, it's like, if I was a fan of the Raptors, I'd be like, "Damn, this team's G League team just took us into overtime at home when we were fully healthy." But, like, I got into it with some people on Twitter who were Raptors fans saying, like, hold this L, we'll see you in the playoffs. I'm like, I sure hope we see you in the playoffs because we will sweep you as they basically got – I mean, actually, they almost came back from 3-0. But Raptors fans, Blue Jays fans, Maple Leafs fans are all stupid. I saw Toronto so many, in general. Toronto in general. Yeah. I saw so many Raptors fans tweeting out, KD, come to Toronto. He doesn't want to go to fucking Toronto. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to go to Toronto. Nobody signs there for a reason. Who the hell wants to go to Canada to play basketball? No, Kawhi like, Leonard literally went there with one year left on his deal and then didn't re-sign and he won it. He played game. a half season there. He they literally played a half the season. Entire, and they they gave him the entire <laughs> city and he said no. He's like, I'm good. I'm going to go to L.A. Like, if Kawhi Leonard, the most mellow guy who doesn't say anything, doesn't want to play for the Raptors, if he doesn't want to play for your franchise, he played for the Spurs for like nine years, and they just didn't left him Duncan for like the last five. I love how like he super he casually won the NBA Finals. He was like, "No, yeah. I want to go." Like he probably just didn't like being in a different country. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, that sucks. You got to show your passport literally every time you like play any other team in the NBA. It's like, I mean, I'm sure that I don't think the vaccination thing is a problem with Katie because he's in New York, but like that's another thing. It's just like there's so many external factors that factor into you going to Toronto. Why do you think yeah. literally nobody resigns in Toronto? Like Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, DeMar DeRozan got traded and he's not going back to Toronto. Kyle Lowry left. All these guys just don't play for the Raptors anymore. They have their rookie deal or they get traded there and then leave. Literally everybody. I I, I mean, you had obviously Lowry and DeRozan, but they're like gone. They're be- yeah. the franchise. Their two best franchise OG players aren't even going to be is the star. Spitty P. They're never. No one's going to retire a Raptor. No one's going to be like. I mean, yeah, DeRozan and um, DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are going to be known as Raptors, but they're not going to retire as Raptors. They're not going to. They might sound like one day, if anything. Oh yeah, one day, but like nobody. He doesn't love it that much. Yeah, (laughs) like nobody is going to play in Toronto for their entire career. That plays longer than like three years. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it like since. I think their inaugural season was like '96. Like, like you said, everybody just left. Like T Mac, like Vince was there for a while, and then he left. And I mean, he played like 17 seasons, and I think like five, six of them were with um, were with Toronto. Like people just leave Toronto. Like nobody wants to play there. I don't know if it's just the fact. If it's, I mean, I personally don't mind like the cool weather in the winter and at the same time you're playing indoors i don't think it's that big of a deal so there must be something that players genuinely hate with toronto because nobody stays it's i don't yeah it doesn't make sense um like it does but what else is there that i wanted to bring up um that the and the nets wanting two all-stars in exchange for kd is from stephen a smith I don't know how reliable that source is, considering Stephen A. Smith just says stuff. He throws stuff at a wall and sees what sticks. Um, Jalen Brown, his take to be honest. Yeah, Jalen Brown and Draymond Green got into it today. Jalen Brown sticking up for the Celtics. Uh, Jay, Draymond Green was saying how they knew they won the series after Draymond Green and Jalen got into that scuffle game two or whatever. They're saying that he knew Jalen Brown was like a mentally weak person or whatever. And then Jalen Brown clapped back and said, you can say whatever you want when you win, but I've never seen a guy who averaged six points a game in the finals talk this much shit. He's right. Draymond Green's literally a coattail. He wouldn't be in the NBA if it wasn't for Steph Curry. Um, he he talks nonstop. Literally, dude, get over it. Like He said some whack shit the other day, too. Yeah. He, he was like, oh, yeah, if I win five, was like, if I win five rings, am I better than LeBron? Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And then, close. bro, he said, he said, he said, oh, he said, I think we're going to win three out of the next four rings. It's like, like we're going to win three we? championships. Who's we? Who's we? Like, you actually had such a bad, like, I feel like the only reason that Steve Kerr started him was just out of respect because he was nasty at one point. But, like, yeah. everybody just runs by him now. Like, Jalen Brown cooked him all finals. And I bet, like, Jalen Brown, I bet Jalen, like, is still tight about the finals, which I would be too, obviously. But I feel like Jalen Brown's a person that's actually not going to be, like, happy with this until, like, he wins an NBA Finals. That's and the dog. That's why I don't need to stay in Boston. I don't want – I'm going to be on record. I think we all kind of agree with this. I don't want Jalen Brown for KD. I want 
Jalen no. Brown and JT to be on this team forever. If we can bring KD yeah. in without giving up Jalen Brown, then perfect. Literally give up. Literally, I, to be honest, you said it perfectly up, earlier. Give yeah. up anybody else besides Jalen Brown and JT. Perfectly Taylor. earlier on text. You're like, I'd rather give up every pick that I have for like the next seven years. Like, yeah. I agree. Like, I, like I, let's I, roll with yeah, this team. Like, I, like, there's no way I would ever want Kevin Durant on the current Celtics roster unless we can keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It doesn't because I, Because we're giving away at least another 15 years for, like, five at most. Would you to give up honest, Marcus Smart? Yeah. I mean, for Kevin yeah, Durant, it's it's one of those things where it's like, Martin, I love, I love Marcus Durant. Smart. <laughs> yeah. I love Marcus Smart. Don't get me wrong. Marcus Smart's jersey's getting but, retired. Yeah. It's one of the I love Marcus Smart. I literally have a shirt. Like he's just one KD is that guy. KD is one of the best scorers of all time. He will make a tremendous We're positive impact. Again. Yeah. I, I think awesome. I think <laughs> because if there was an outstanding trade right now, KD will be on another team. And I think the Nets kind of see that. And if they actually do want to move on from KD and respect his trade request then they're going to have to settle for a little less than two All-Stars. I think that if they can get three young players and five picks, then you have to say yes to that. That's literally eight spots. Like, there's uh, maybe, like Will said before, a three-team trade where they say, can I, The only way I like see that. them getting two All-Stars for any sort of, like, deal with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving is going to also have to be involved with, like, a three with a three-team trade. But another thing, like, remember when the Nets – got James Harden from the Rockets. They only had to give up like Karis Levert and um, Jared yeah, Allen nothing. technically because it was a three-team trade where Jared Allen and Karis Levert went to the Cavs and the Rockets the got Rockets picks. Got, they got like they got picks. Yeah, they got like picks. But they, they in my opinion, the picks in the NBA are not as much of value as they are in like the NFL. Because a first-round pick plays maybe a two years in the NBA. Like, to, like what's well, – we got to – Like, top five. five unless it's a lottery-protected pick. Yeah. We have, like, the 30th pick in the first round. Yeah, there's only, like, 13 or 15 people on a team in the first place. Like, it's hard to earn your spot. Yeah. Like, exactly. you all guys with experience, they know how to play in the NBA. It's a whole different – That's league. that's kind of my mindset in general with sports is I'd rather have a proven player than a draft pick. Like, yeah. I would trade – I'd probably be like Sean McVay where it's like trade all your picks for proven players because you know what you, you're getting out of them. With college players and players coming into the draft from overseas or whatever, it's like, yeah, his ceiling could be here, but his floor is way lower. And if you're a team in win-now mode, who cares if you have a prospect of the future, especially if you're the Celtics and your future is set, you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who are 25 and 24. You have Robert Williams who's 24. You have all these guys. You have Pritchard Neesmith off the bench who are like 23 and 22 or whatever. It's like, who cares about draft picks? How much more can you draft that's actually going to impact your team? So I think that you just have to have the Sean McVay mindset, like F them picks. I mean, I feel like the logic behind that too is like I'd rather try to hit on like a late round pick and give up my first round picks for someone who's already proven, like you said. I'd rather still have my late round picks just to have that opportunity. But like it's very rare that that would happen. But like there's not a lot you can really get for like late round, second round picks that isn't very minimal. That's like very minimal, like advantage of trading them in the NBA, unless it's like a huge package deal. Right. But the thing is, like, 
when we're still on the topic of Kevin Durant trading, I mean, it would be a countless number of picks, right? We would and be like, going down years, years. We would have to really buy into having KD for at least four or five years. For the rest of his contract. It would be for the rest yes. of his contract. Yes. And, and, like, do we want to give up picks so far in the future either? Because, like, we need to think about there's going to be some point where some players either move on, retire. And, and I mean, short-term thinking, like, Al Horford's pretty old, you know. And, and Rob Will's still young. Marcus Smart has some time. But, say, if we trade Marcus Smart – in this trade for KD, we're still going to have to give up a ton of picks. Yeah. And we want Kevin Durant. He's an MVP caliber player. He loves basketball. Like we said, he's not going to miss games. He's going to go 110% every game, which is so dangerous with his with his skill set. The fact that he just wants it at all times and he can get it is just, I mean, any he would be successful on any team. It would be awesome. But you have to think about the way that we've been drafting as well. We have guys that can pan out. So what I'm saying is I don't want to be pickless for like years on years to come because of Kevin Durant unless we're winning. But if we see other people move on and we're just based off this core of, say, like just the big three, KD, um, JB, and JT, that would be fantastic. We'd have a big three. Well, but like where is everybody else going to be? You got to think of it as well like this. KD attracts superstars. To yeah. join him. So it's not like, okay, yeah, we get rid of these picks, right? KD has such an influence with everyone in the NBA where he's like, oh, come play with me. And guys are like, yes, I want to play with KD. If KD reaches out to me, I will drop whatever I'm doing and sign with them. We saw it with the Nets. The Nets got literally anybody who was in free agency because yeah, KD right. was there. Yeah. So we could get guys to take less money to go to whatever team KD is on. And eventually Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will have that same impact because winning attracts superstars. I really don't think that's up for debate. If you win, you will attract players to help improve your team. We see it with, across all sports. It's like, oh, this winning franchise called me to go play with them. That means something. Like, if you make it to the highest level of competition in sports, you, you are a competitor. And for a team who is competing to reach out to you and recruit you, it it makes a player appreciated. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of see the quotes all the time. It's like, wow, like Bill Belichick called me to play for him. He has a spot for me. I want to play for him. KD reaches out to me. LeBron reached out to me and said that he has an idea for me to be on his team. I want to play with LeBron James and say I played with LeBron James. So KD brings, he attracts other people. So the picks really do balance out with vet minimum free agents. That's very true. It, it is. And you're right. When it comes to someone, especially like Kevin Durant, if you can build around these three, then we're going to be a team that has the rest of our core is Say if everybody stays, I, I'm praying to God we can keep Rob Will. Because yeah. a team that had JT, JB, Kevin Durant, and Rob Will, you have four very, very hard workers and four people that are hustling at all times. And, I mean, I feel like Rob Will would fit very well with Kevin Durant, especially if he was paired up with JB and JT. When it comes to our one, I think at one point we're going to have so, like a veteran at the one. I don't think Marcus Smart's going to be in our long-term plans if we have Kevin Durant 
I just don't think it makes sense in terms of the amount of shots he likes to take, right? And the fact that he's not a true facilitator, it's something that he had to learn, and it's something that you can learn, but I feel like we could see ourselves signing like a vet facilitate, can knock down shots when he needs to, and is gonna his main goal is to get the ball out to our wings. And and KD put it best, it's a wing dominant league. It would just make more sense and it would free up more cap space to extend our bench. Oh, what I don't understand at all is the report saying that Kyrie and KD would want to play together again. Well, you can't. So just play together again. No one's stopping you. And what are the Nets doing that's so bad that they don't want to go back to Brooklyn? I feel like the Nets in general have done literally everything. Steve Nash. They don't like that. But, like, that's a thing that's so fixable. And that's why I don't think that's it. Like, I I have to disagree with you on that. But the the coach. It's not fixable. It's not fixable if they just hired him. They won't won't just fire him for no reason. Yeah, they they will. They they hired him for no reason. There's no. (laughs) <laughs> well, that, that, that's besides the point. They obviously hired. They obviously hired him because they thought he was the right candidate for the job. You bring in two superstars for a rookie coach, Katie and Kyrie. You know it's not going to end well. That's yeah, their mistake. Like that's the most like you have to think. Okay, rookie coach with two superstars, he should be able to make this out. You're also handling two of the biggest divas in the NBA. It's not going to work. So, but hypothetically. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If I'm Katie and Kyrie and I still want to play with each other, like if we want to play together, that I feel like my voice as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I would go straight to the front office. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to feel like you have to pull there, but yeah. clearly they didn't want to go that route. He but wanted like, out right away. I feel, no, well, I but feel like that conversation was definitely had, if that is the truth. That's what I'm saying. But like, are the net, and they weren't on, willing to on, fix on, it. On, That's what I'm trying are, to say with what you're saying was that they didn't have they didn't want to fix it because they had that conversation and but, it didn't end well. Clearly, that's not the case. But the net are the Nets really gonna pick Steve Nash over Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? I don't think so. I think that's didn't work. Ridiculous. But like, there's the no Nets, proof evidence that that would work. There's, they didn't. It didn't work. But it could they have. They haven't they had played Harden. a full season. Didn't work either. Yeah, but they haven't. They haven't all played a full season. Hypothetically, they won't next would, year if they play either. They won't next year if they play either. But I'm like they could. You. Like hypothetically, a healthy. Well, they could fire than, Steve Nash, but they're not. Well, yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> if you're the Nets, you have the position to keep both Kyrie and KD, and the, they're like, "Oh, we just want Steve Nash out." If I'm the Nets front office, get them, get Steve Nash the fuck out of here. So we can bring these two back, these guys back. And the Nets have done literally everything in their power to keep Kyrie Irving and KD happy. They brought James Harden aboard. They signed this guy, this guy. They let go of this guy. They got a new coach. They did everything. So if the Nets are like not going to do this thing, even though Steve Nash has proven not to be a good coach, I'm not sure that's the outlying factor because Kyrie and KD ran that team by themselves. I don't think Steve Nash is the fact Oh, we don't want to play in Brooklyn well, anymore. If they ran the team we, by themselves and they were hypothetically successful, then why didn't they win anything? Why didn't they do it, anything? Yeah, we're we're support like 
we're Same. agreeing it's, here essentially. Yeah. So just if like, they're not yeah. doing anything now, then what's the point of going to another team and doing it? Because oh well, I well they're not going to. I don't. I don't. But they're, actually, they're well, saying. But they're saying they're, they will. But like yeah, they're saying they're open to playing with each other again, but they can't. So I don't know if I buy that. There's no reason why they can't run it back with Brooklyn. You go to the front office and be like, okay, what we've done so far isn't working. Hypothetically, we get a healthy Ben Simmons back. That's our four. We got Kyrie at the one. I'm the three if I'm KD. Joe Harris is coming back. He's going to be the two. Nick Claxton's our five. So you have the pieces. You just need to run it back with a good head coach and a different mindset. And it's one of those things where it's like, what would changing the franchise of Kyrie Irving and KD together, what would that do? Absolutely nothing. So I don't buy that they want to play together again. I think it's already in their heads that they just don't want to be on Brooklyn. That's literally what they said. But, they I think like, it's just, no, I think it's just the fact that they're too, like, like Will said, like they're divas. So it's just the fact that it didn't work is like they're just going to give up on that's it. it. They're going to jump ship but early just the, because they don't. I they think don't Kyrie wants to play with KD, but KD doesn't want to play with Kyrie. That's what I was trying to say. I that is exactly what I was trying to say. Like, I, I, I think it's not. Because I think KD's no a hard worker. KD played the whole season. Kyrie didn't. KD's definitely pissed off. No, I 100% agree with that. Loves basketball. Yeah, yeah like no, no, no. I 100% agree with that because KD wouldn't ask for a trade after Kyrie resigned. But yeah. I'm just kind of going back to my original point here of Kyrie and KD have no reason to be mad at the Brooklyn organization because the organization delivered everything that they could have won. Oh, yeah. I feel like the only reason why they can be mad is that Steve Nash for just not being a better coach. Yeah, like, but like, no, but like, you can't put all the blame on him yeah. because there's really nothing that he can do. And like, like he, that's not like, the, I feel bad the for him genuinely. And fault. I feel like any other team, he would probably be successful. It's just he got in a shitty situation, which is hard to even say when you have Katie and Kyrie and James Harden and Ben it's Simmons. Just, as your first ball. coaching job, it's tough. It well, is you have tough. to manage like, a lot of personalities. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not. The Nets' fault, so I don't know why they're blaming the Nets. The Nets, as an organization, did nothing wrong. I to think they're those guys. Dangerous. They did. They were literally perfect for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie didn't want to practice. That's fine. You didn't want to play these games. You were unvaccinated. That's fine. That's okay. You're, you still have your spot. Oh, I want James Harden on my team. That's okay. Bring him aboard. Blake Griffin, bring him aboard. DeAndre Jordan, I want DeAndre Jordan to make $40 million a year and sign, and I will sign. Sure, we'll pay DeAndre Jordan $40 million a year. That's what they did in 2019. The Nets literally gave the keys to the franchise to Kyrie and KD. They didn't succeed. The, those two guys have no reason to be mad at Brooklyn, and they shouldn't say that they want to play with each other somewhere else because they have no re no team should take those two guys together just because – they say that they want to play together again. If it didn't work in Brooklyn, what's the reason it would work in Miami and LA or wherever? There's no reason for it to work anywhere else if it didn't work in Brooklyn because Brooklyn literally gave them everything they could have possibly wanted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, yeah, like, summed it up. I, I think it's just, yeah, like, yeah, pretty much just summed it up. Like, there's really nothing that you can like contest to saying that they would be successful anywhere else because you'd imagine they'd still blow up the franchise for them because of the stature that they hold in the NBA. Like, in my opinion, the Nets are probably better off if, like, but pre KD, Kyrie, James Harden trades, they were a better off team, they would have been more successful. We don't know yeah, that, that but they gelled well. That young core gelled together. I thought getting rid of Jared Allen was probably the dumbest decision they'd ever made. I thought Jared I Allen would be a I perfect agree. starting center all for, for all three of them. I think they would, like, even if they kept that starting core and then 
got KD and Kyrie and then kept Jared Allen, they would have been perfect as a big three. Yeah, it doesn't I don't it doesn't make sense. The Nets really do every time their franchise kind of unravels, it's their own self-doing, I guess. Like yeah. we I think we said this on the pod before. That 2017, 2018 team with D the fun team, they got rid of that for this, and those guys won out now. The Celtics literally yeah. ended that franchise twice in the past like 12 years. So no other franchise. <laughs> yeah. So we're let's, about to fix them again for KD. Yeah, they're gonna the Celtics are gonna trade Neesmith and Pritchard and like three first round picks for KD. All right, I think we should move on to the Sox now. It's been an hour of NBA free agency talk. We, I think that was a great talk, by the way. But speaking yes. of great, let's talk about the Boston Red Sox. I mean, mm. although we didn't win the series against Toronto, we took a game in extras. But that was an easy that – was that was a very winnable series. They were in mm-hmm. – game one, we got smoked. That was a scheduled loss. You're going Kevin Gosman against uh, Connor Siebold, it was. Yeah. Yeah, we let up seven earned. Um, that's first ever start. Yeah, that, that's a scheduled L. I'm not really too. I'm not Basically, if the series that. was played at Fenway, we would have swept them. Like hypothetically, yeah, you could say that. I mean, yeah. game two, you go in, you're up five to four in the ninth inning, and then you didn't get an L and you lose. But and then the last game, you win because Alex Verdugo is awesome. So, um, I'm I'm very happy with where the Red Sox are. Um, they're. This episode's coming out tomorrow, Friday, right? Yeah. Are we gonna? Yeah. Yep. So, it's game day. The Celt, the the Sox take on Chicago at Wrigley Field, which is gonna, which is a very cool series. You always love to see, like, two historic franchises going at it, um, in Wrigley Field, and the Sox should sweep, in my opinion. I think the pitching yep. matchups aren't really anything worth noting, but Jared Duran and Tanner Houck are rejoining the team. Which is always good. Jaron Duran's been on fire. Tanner Houck's six for six when it comes to closing. And a guy that I really do want to talk about that I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about this is John Schreiber has been phenomenal. I wouldn't be, I, I, he has a vote for my, like in the All Stars, he should, he's making a case to be on the All Star team because of how dominant he's been in the mid relief spot. I mean, just looking at what he's done, not only with, when we have him as a setup, essentially, coming in the eighth and how closing it down the ninth. When he came out in the seventh last night or on Wednesday night now, I really was expecting him to pitch two innings. Like, he's a guy that I could see pitching the seventh and the eighth and then have um, how come in in the ninth unless we're in Toronto. Like He's someone that's been locked down. He, he plays with a lot of confidence. We saw him strike out Vlad last night, like, easily. It, it just, like... He came out of nowhere, and it's exactly what we needed, in my opinion. I think he's one of our couple more um, appearances before I like claim him as that because he's still a little bit newer, but he's been awesome, and it's exactly what we've needed. Couldn't have said any better. I mean, we need someone like that in our bullpen, especially. Where I mean, what are we sitting at? Still second place, right in the AL East. Yeah. After yeah, the win so, last night, which, we're back which I mean, second. which is really great. From I mean, it's been a while, but like we, from the last time we were quite bad. We were on we were on an upward streak, but like I feel like most of our conversations have led to us being like, "What the hell are we doing as a team? We need bullpen. We need players." Well, we're, like we're we're tied with to... we're tied with Toronto in that second place spot. However, they have the tiebreaker over us. 
Yeah. But like okay. still, like we're in a much better position than where we were about a month ago, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We were in I, second place last night. Yeah. After the game. Yeah. And that that was big for us. We needed that. Well, is it head to head record? Because I know the tiebreaker isn't normal for baseball. I Dude, is that run differential? The yeah. sec the second tiebreaker run, yeah. it's record and then run di- then if that's the case, then the Red Sox are second because they have a better run differential by 29. They actually have the second best run differential in the AL. I'm sorry. The third, the third best run differential in the AL behind obviously Yankees are one at plus 150, which is unbelievable. The Astros are second with 73. The Red Sox are third with 60. And the closest one after that is Minnesota with 44, which I'm not really scared of the twins, but I mean, the AL, if the Red Sox were in any other division, they'd be in first place in their, that respective division, I, in my opinion, just because of the level of competition in every other division. Red Sox have kind of struggled in the AL East this year, but the teams haven't really faced the Red Sox of June. You know what I mean? Right. The Red Sox of April and May, I really don't think are the the same. It's, it's not the same team as now because – you got guys now like Jaron Duran who's stepping up into his role perfectly. Perfectly, Franchi Cordero went four for five last night. Four for four. Four for awesome, four. Awesome acquisition, or not acquisition? Awesome call up. He's stepping into his role perfectly. Um, Rob Refsnyder. Rob Refsnyder probably was like the MVP of this Toronto Toronto series behind the obvious Verdugo. Verdugo he was driving yeah. in RBIs every single game. He was making great plays in the field. He has a great glove and right. So. That I kind of wanted to talk about this as well. What's the point of having JBJ if Rob Refsnyder is doing everything that he's doing right now? Rob Refsnyder has a better bat than JBJ, and he's playing just as well in the field. There isn't. I mean, <laughs> and it's not only that. It's also the fact that Kike is going to come back up soon, right? When he, I think he should be having a rehab start any week now in uh, in Worcester and. We have Jaron Duran up right now as well. And obviously, we put him on the COVID list while we were in Toronto. So he should be back for Chicago unless they bring him down. But Jaron Duran's a guy that, I mean, he's been playing quite good too. He steals a lot of bases, which is big for us. And he's been getting on base a lot and he's been leading off. And he, I mean, he's by far our fastest player. I know I was, I don't know. I think I said it to you, Griff, where we were talking about it. But I was like, we should. With Kike coming back, I think Jaron Durant should still be our starter. I feel like I agree. I think they should platoon Kike and Jaron Durant. Yeah, I, they. I think they need to explore that option, especially now. I mean, like Kike has been all right this year. It's nothing like he's been like last year. Yes, he still has the opportunity to be better this season, but right now I think it's more advantageous we have Jaron Durant, especially for the stolen base possibility while he's getting on base. I feel like that's super helpful, and right. he's hitting the ball well. Like he's doing well overall. Like he's doing more than what we thought he was going to do. And even if we could find a way to have him adjust to maybe even playing in right, and if Kike can come back, play center, or vice versa, um, instead of having Ref Snyder there every night, because I'm not sure, I'm not sold on him as an everyday guy. The reason I'm more sold on Duran is because of his youth compared to Ref Snyder. He's bounced a couple around a couple of teams. I know he was with the Yanks for a long time. Jaron Duran is a guy that was kind of homegrown, and he's still young. So I would rather have him playing every day. But seeing Ref Snyder in and out, I, I would love to just have Kike and Durant starting because not only does that 
bring Kike back, who, I mean, is supposed to be the Kike of last year and still has the potential to be. We've seen it. And we then aren't losing a lefty bat in right field with JBJ. We still have them right there, and he's been leading off for us. It's been Jaron Duran. His youth, he needs to play every day. So if he's not going to play every day, you might as well just send him right back down to continue that development. And Duran brings going to be playing in AAA, in my yeah. opinion. He's Durant. way too good for AAA. I think he's earned it. I think I, t- I don't know. I was just like, this was it. He is now a major leaguer. Like, he should just now yeah. be a major leaguer. He should be up. I think I mean, he earned it. Duran brings great. so much more to the team than just one aspect. He's, he's basically yeah. a five tool player. Like, yes. when he's on the base path, a pitcher is thinking about him constantly because if they're not, he's going to take second. And even, even if they are thinking of him, he's still going to take second. So you get him on base, he's basically already on third because he consistently scores. If a ball goes into the gap yes. and he's on first base, he's going, he's going to score. That's such a weapon to have, especially in the, I mean, this is looking ahead, but in the playoffs, when small ball comes back, you need speed on the bases. And the Red Sox really do lack speed Minus Jaron Duran and maybe Trevor Story. Franchi so, has wheels. Fran- Franchi does as well. I, I should have included him. And that's but why like, I love him at first. He's a guy that's yeah. big. He hits tanks. He hits doubles. He, he, he he's has, doing he more than just hitting tanks now, which is crazy. Bad. Like, J- Franchi Cordero is hitting for contact. Like, yes. he's getting the ball where it needs to be. Same thing with Verdugo now. Verdugo's not trying to kill the ball. Verdugo's okay. hitting the ball all over the place. So... We saw it last night with the gate when bases were loaded. Verdugo stepped up to the plate and hit it opposite field into the gap. He hit it where it needed to be. And that's what makes this Red Sox lineup so dangerous is a lot of the guys can hit the ball where it needs to be. Devers has very underrated opposite field power. Yeah, JD only hits opposite field, it seems like. Xander is kind of more of a pull hitter. But it's just this Red Sox team has what it takes they just need to make the right decisions. And if they decide, okay, Jaron Moran's our everyday guy, I think that you go trade Kike Hernandez maybe and get a really solid bullpen arm. Or you keep yes. Kike Hernandez, but Kike Hernandez is such a utility guy that he can play anywhere, and that's what we need in a and hypothetical. Uh, in my opinion, he's just a good guy to have around. Like in general, I know, like but it's, it's so hard. Days, but it, it, he's kind of a starter. He is a starter, and that's why it's hard to keep him around, especially if Duran is playing so well. But it also comes back to the point of can he play right? Can Duran play right? Exactly. And it's like, but then you take a lefty out, but then you, it's just you move guys around. Well, you take a lefty out, but if Duran's playing every day. Yeah. Like that's it's, that's the replacement you, for JBJ. We have to kind of sit with Kike and be like, we want you on this team. You just kind of have to accept it a utility role. You might not necessarily be in. Yeah, he would. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he did all his entire career in LA, but he was an everyday, he's an everyday guy for the Red Sox. He proved that he was probably our best player in the postseason last year. So yes. I don't know how easily of a transition it would be for him to be, a, go back to being a utility guy. I think you'd have to be a little bit understanding the given situation of where we're at as a team. And Alex Gore is probably one of those guys who, is good at explaining to guys what their role <laughs> and, is. And it's almost like we're not saying that he's not going to be there, say, like five nights a week. Like he's going to be starting five nights a week. 
right? Like he's going to be in right a lot. He's going to be flip-flopping. I mean, unless we move JBJ, he's going to be flip-flopping with Ref Snyder, JBJ, and then maybe some splitting some reps with uh, Duran and center. Like, I feel like it's going to start with – it's going to start with um, how we have, like, this, our statistic Alec Cora, Alex Cora with days that, <laughs> that we play lefties, Kike will probably – well, the thing that, is, Kike is not even that solid against lefty pitchers. Like, yeah, like it's like I, I don't know. Whatever the advantage is, and righties. I'd rather have Ref Snyder going up against right or going up against lefties than than Kike. Whatever the whatever the, the statistical choice. advantage is, is whatever we're gonna play most likely. Yeah, so it's like if I think it's a good problem to have. It's a it's a good problem to have when you have a lot of guys who can step in and be a starter. And if we're debating which one of our guys should be an everyday starter because they are all so good. That's a good problem to have. And if we could hypothetically move someone for a guy like Daniel Bard or even get another guy to be a starter like Luis Castillo from Cincinnati or Frankie Montas from Oakland, the team will be in a really good spot. And I mean, I think Cora said last night that Garrett Willock is going to be going back into the bullpen most likely when he returns, which is awesome because then you have – Schreiber, Hauk, um, Garrett Whitlock, Strom, Deakman. You got guys. You got guys who can step in, and that's what we need. We need guys. And we if we get one more bullpen arm, we get one more starter, this team is in a really good spot. Agreed. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, okay my fault. No, yeah, but I totally agree. And I feel like that's going to wrap up our Red Sox talk. Kind of yeah. smooth sailing on this episode. New segment. To our new segment, William was the one that came up with this segment, pretty much. I, I, unless it was you and Stav, right? It might have been you and Stav. You brought the like idea to me. It yeah. was, it so, was a mix. Well, well, I'll let you break this new segment yeah. down. All right, guys. So, new segment. And we're going to call and it girls. IT5, t- boys and girls, IT5 Top and 5 and everyone. Thank you. Thank you. IT5 top five, the new segment. So basically what we're going to do is we all have our top five lists. Uh, This week we kind of came up with our own topic, but the coming times we do this segment, we're going to have it on Instagram and we'll have the people vote on what we will have it. It's going to be a good mix of sports topics, not sports topics, whatever, whatever we like. So for this inside the five top five, we have worst things to happen on a golf course. So we're going to snake draft order top five, Griff, pick the order. Okay. Okay. Will, you brought me this idea. I'm going to give you the honor of picking first. Okay. And just as a gentleman, Stav, I'll let you pick second. Thank you. Picks in a row. All right. So I'll kick us off. I'm going to go literally only picking this one because it happened to me yesterday is getting paired up. That's a good When you go by Ah. yourself. Yeah, that is a good pick. Like I, I wrote in my notes that it can be good or bad because the like this year we've been lucky. The people we've been paired up we've with, been lucky been with nice. people we've been paired they, up with. They've been yeah. nice people. Like I don't have a problem with the people. It's just like it's not the vibe. If I'm like, like I've got some quality up. laughs from people that I've been paired up with too. Like, like I've that? been quite guy. lucky. He's a good guy. It's not even like a bad thing getting paired up. It's just it's not like when you have the mindset of like, oh, I'm just trying to go with my friends. Especially when you with yourself myself. too. When it's like I'm gonna lock like, in and play a good round right now. Yeah, like I was yeah. by myself, and like there was people in front of me, and they just like they were going. It was just it was a whole mess. But like getting paired up is just definitely not ideal. 
All right. I'll go. That's great pick. I actually had that as well. That's one one for me. Um, for my first pick, I'm going to go for that feeling that you get when you go to grab a club out of your bag and it's just not there and you don't know where you left it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good pick. You left it on the last. Yeah, that, that I thought that I, we all can relate to that. I've left my 60 on every <laughs> single green ever. So, all right, Griff, I'm, I'm going to toss it to you. What do you got that's for your back-to-back pick. picks? Okay, okay. I'm going to start off with the classic, a backup on a, on a tee box. Having a crazy backup on a tee box is the worst thing. It's not only when it's just you're waiting for one group ahead of you. It's when there's another group at the tee box with you. So usually you can, like, chip around the tee box when you're waiting if it's a long time. But if someone's ahead of you, you're just waiting, sitting in your carts on your phone. Sometimes it's like a 15-minute wait just to tee off. That's annoying. That is very annoying. Yeah, that, that's um, a yep. And for my next pick, just directly relating to my game and super aggravating thing is three putting, sometimes four putting. Ooh, I have that good one. Relating to my game, when I three putt, I am so mad. That's how you turn birdies into bogeys. Well, you know, you know the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> classic, classic. All right, we're gonna send it back um, to right. Will. So, the next, Wait, isn't it? I, isn't it mine? Oh yeah, no, it is you, stop right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is you. And then I'm back to back again. And then okay, okay, first so, mess up. First mess up. <laughs> okay, it's, it's the first one that we'll, we've ever done. So, my next one is the first hole in general. The first team. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> a, that, that's a solid. <laughs> <laughs> the first tee box sucks regardless. You know, you always have people watching you. You're going to mess up. You always just hit it either three feet or you shake it completely. Very rarely do people have good drives on hole one. That's a, good that's one. a, that's a very good pick. I, I Especially me. I had a good one the other day. And, Will, you were with me. We had, like, a whole golf league waiting to go behind us, and they were all meeting at hole one. I kind of yeah. hit a bomb there. wasn't on the fair. It was a little left. But I hit a bomb, but that was like the first time I think I've ever hit a good shot on hole one. I usually have fine shots, but like some days, if it's been it's if it's been a while, it's never gonna end. You just go up. It's your first shot. Usually, we yeah. don't hit the uh, driving range either, so it's literally just your first shot of the day. I still I have the exact opposite of yours. I have having a bad 18th hole. If you're playing 18, you end your round on like the like you literally take like an eight on the last hole like that completely ruins like for me that ruins my day yeah. i could be playing great all day long you take a look at your scorecard going on to the 18th hole right when you get to the tee box you're like wow i just need to make bogey here and i have a great round and you're like okay not that hard and then you get like an eight especially at green hill like you're mm-hmm. just like you have a bad hole on the 18th hole like you literally go Damn, home, so yeah score. it's slanted yeah no, that's a good pick i like hole one hole 18 going back that's kind of where I would expect it is going uh, back to back hole one, then hole 18. The yeah. start and the finish. It's usually because you heat up, or at least I heat up. I heat up like around like sometimes nine, maybe 10, and then I'll die off at like 16. And then that, 17, that, 18, 16, are real 17, battle. 18 at Green Hill is battle. actually like fatigue. Like you actually have yeah. to handle the battle there. Like it's hard. All right. My, my next one on oh, yeah, the back to back. back yeah. 
is um where is it other people like in the way when you're trying to hit the ball like people too close like watching you like when you're yeah, just trying I mean, to hit the ball off the tee box, like yep, if, especially yep. if you're playing like a more of an open course, like if someone's just right there, if you someone hits onto your fairway and they just wait and they're just watching you hit, yeah, like that yep, that pisses I me off. That. Or like someone just like if like someone's waiting for like basically waiting for you to tee off and they're just waiting for you, looking at you and they're in like your peripheral, like I just like I lose my mind, like I can't not think about hitting them and it's just like the hardest thing ever. Okay, my next pick is. When you hit a perfect drive, dead straight, and you just can't find it. Yeah, like yeah, you, you go down, you, you, you know it's down. safe. You just know where it is. Yeah, and maybe it's an uphill where you can't see where it lands, but you know it's safe. It's dead straight, perfect sound. You go up, you take your card up, and you just can't find it. Remember, Will did that on hole seventeen. We actually thought yes. like it might have gone too far over the green. Dude, that was the most annoying thing ever. I literally thought I like had like an amazing shot, and it just was like maybe your best shot ever. I know. And yeah, no, that's a good pick. Okay, it's me. I'm gonna go. This one, this one hits. Going to the turn, and you're in the little store isn't open at the turn. Mm, That's a good one. Cold drinks. That is the worst. We literally, every time we go to our golf course, there's a little store at the turn that, like, sells hot dogs, a little grill and all that, and then they have ice cold, like, Gatorades, waters, also alcohol. Like, when that is closed, we notice it right away. And we're like, we might have to go somewhere else to get something going on to 10. I think that that is a, that is a big hit mentally. You're thinking about it the whole time on the front nine. It's like, I'm not getting anything at the turn. It's like once you drive by, you don't see it's open. You're just like, you're, it's a shaky round. It's a shaky round. It's, right. it's like we, I feel like we text each other every single time that we see that it's not open. And it hasn't been open the past few times on weekends. I, I was, it was open today when I went. Thank okay. God. I think now that it's like officially summer, I feel yeah. like we've been doing good with it being open. I've seen a lot of different people training there too. So I think we're good mm-hmm. for the summer. Yeah. So that's big news. But I feel like that's a big hit. Um, okay. This, this one. This one, I don't know if it could be controversial or not. Oh, what um, pick is this for you? Is this your fourth? Yeah. yeah. Fourth. So you're fourth, and then I have my four. Okay. Yep. 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 Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna have the last pick. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. Picture the scenario. You're walking. We'll say nine. You have to use the bathroom on hole three. That's a bad situation. Oh. It is a bad That's situation. That's a very bad situation. Because, like, usually hole three, it's like you're not near hole one. You're not near the start. You're not near any restrooms. And you're walking, especially. Not cart, you could maybe sneak back, sometimes not. But if I'm walking nine, I'm walking nine. I don't have anything else interrupt. So if you have to use the restroom, like, as a male, if I have to – like p if i have to go number one i'm like fine but like number two especially that's That's a rough situation that's a rough situation that's like a that's like a round breaker pretty much it no it really is it's a total mental shift it it is yeah um all right so this is my pick right yeah breaking your driver head oh at the range when there yeah i've been there there. 
I know Will has. I don't know if Griff has. The feeling you get. No, not no. You, thankfully, not. When you break your driver head, you just feel so emasculated. You know that you. Hopefully, that the place will help you out. That you go, but that's that's almost like a five hundred dollar mistake. That's the worst gut feeling I think I've ever had as a golfer. I think I just wanted to stop playing golf when that happened to me. That's a good yeah, pick. That's a very good pick. Yeah, I remember. It's such I a devastating. It's, a devastating. it's such a devastating. I don't even want to talk about it. It like could bring a tear yeah. to my eye. I miss Big Bertha every single day. It's. It, it was sad to see her go, <laughs> but it, it was something that had to happen. So, um. So for my last two picks, I'm gonna go one. That wasn't on my list, but I just thought about it because I it happened to me the other day. Is specifically you're hitting any shot, you have either like huge water hazard or you like huge water hazard, either like a big bunker anywhere near. You hit a great shot, but you watch it take a horrible bounce. Either yeah, into either OB rolls right off into the water, or like me, sometimes I hit the car path on like nine and it bounces into like the parking lot and I'm just done. Like your like your hole is over. Like you literally like it's it's worse off of like an iron shot than it is off the tee box because then you can just like take a mulligan, I guess. But like just watching your ball literally just go ob or completely just into mm -hmm. like anything. It just it's so devastating watching that happen. Definitely, yeah. that's a good pick. Yep. And, and then right. my last one. Um, obviously, if you're playing at like your home course, you already know what your golf cart situation is. But one, either there's no golf carts left when you go, because this has happened to me and Griff before, yeah. or the golf carts just suck and they're really slow. And you, it's like it just ruins the whole like round by just like running in a slow car, like a broken car, pretty much just that just completely ruins my round. OK, that's a good one. And yeah. I'm going to kind of talk about round ruiners here with my last pick when you just straight up can't hit the ball. And you don't know why you like the missing. whole day, the like whole day. You you line up perfectly. You feel like you can swing. Everything feels good, and you hit the ball, and it just goes like straight down. That's the worst feeling ever. It's so demoralizing. You don't want to keep playing. And yeah, that's that was my last pick. I. That's a good pick. That's that happens to me sometimes. It's the it, no, worst. It really it's happen. the worst. Because the level of golf we play, it's like. We show up and we honestly don't know what's gonna happen, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. like, <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I'm like mentally preparing to go play nine or about it. I'm back. If, 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 like, if I'm not thinking about it all day and say if we book like a last minute tea time, I am not like good at all and, it, and it's so frustrating because it's every hole and you're just praying for one hole you're praying for one hole to be good yeah that's facts okay so i have one more pick we're gonna go okay we're gonna go being like in the first cut and taking an approach shot like within like 50 yards i would say not just the first cut within 50 yards taking an approach shot and just missing the green like that's what changes like say say if you're chipping for birdie and, and you are looking to get it close for par and then you just don't even hit the green now you have to take another chip and now you have a bogey that is so frustrating when it like you should be automatic with it and it just doesn't like it doesn't even get anywhere close to the green 
or especially when it rolls off of the green, that's even more frustrating. It's demoralizing. Yeah. That it is. It's like I, yeah, like I needed that. Um, I didn't. Can, let, this might be a little wrinkle, but do we want to do like honorable mentions? Because I have a lot. I don't have a lot, but I have some that weren't mentioned here that I I do still kind of want to talk about. My big one was people not yelling for like when it's like needed. Like okay, like, I I have because like this this it, I think you play a fine line of like a situational four. Like if you're on the tee box and you literally hit to the other person's tee box and you don't yell for like that's kind of like rude because I'm just standing on the tee box with the boys and we're just sitting there like yeah, I'm down to get like I'm gonna get beamed. But like if I'm in the fairway and it's kind of like you can't really see the person, then you don't call it. Yeah. Like that's not a mistake. Or if it's on like a really good drive. And like you hit almost at the green, yeah. So yeah, my counter to that is having to yell for off of a terrible drive. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that is a, it is a bad feeling. It's that's another demoralizing thing where it's like my shot was so bad it might like hurt somebody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's... Like I might take out the guy on hole nine right now. That, yeah, that's I, I mean that, I feel like that coincides with both hole one and hole eighteen. Yeah. yeah. YouTube's picks. Okay. Um, I had yeah, a basic one, a basic one that like I don't actually mind, but a lot of people like hate. Not that I don't mind it. Sometimes I have to step away, but if somebody's talking while I'm like warming up, or I hate that when I suck. When I'm playing yeah. bad and someone's talking, I get pissed. Yes. If I'm like, if I'm like in my backswing and someone says something funny, I like have to step away. Yeah, and like it kind of throws off my whole rhythm, and I'm guaranteed to just not hit a good shot from there. Yeah, so that's it. All right, that's an honorable. I can I can live with it like once around, especially if it's like funny. Like you know what, I'll take the good memory over like yeah, exactly. If we're having a chill day, like an average shot, like a chill day, I don't really mind it because it's like we're just having fun. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like it's not that big of a deal. I'm not really like we all know we're not rules sticklers when it comes to golf. We're there to have a good time, but like if I'm playing bad and I'm frustrated and I have someone else to blame for me sucking. I'm going to blame. And I got my, this one is kind of hyper specific to me, but when you lose all of your golf balls and you consistently have to ask the people that you're playing with to borrow theirs and you keep losing theirs as well. I was, that was on my list too. I, I was like, I, well, like I, when, I you don't show, when you show up to the course and you look in your bag, you're like, I have six balls. Like I don't, and like you, yeah, and you're coming off of a couple bad yeah. rounds. Like, I don't know if this is going to last me. I yeah, actually, I showed up today to Green Hill with one. We played the back nine. I showed up with one ball, and I survived the entire round with it. Wow! So that's I'll very take it. Yeah, I shot a forty-five, so I'll I'll take it. Oh, not bad. One thing that I had this will be my last one that I mentioned. Um, I do it often. So like you know how sometimes we leave our bag, we don't bring it to the tee box, we leave our bag at like the next oh, tee box, say if it's a yeah. or something like that. If I'm at a tee box, I leave my bag like pretty far away, say like on the car path too, and I don't have a tee. That pisses uh, me off. Or even sometimes a ball. Sometimes I don't even have a ball. And I just have to either walk all the way back or ask somebody else for a tee. That's the worst. My last one is like if your glove rips mid round, that just oh, like, glove rip stink. Like it, like it, it could be the tiniest rip ever. That's the only thing I'm looking at the whole day. I'm just like my my gloves ripped. Like I have to get a new glove. Like I have to like, get a new glove. <laughs> yeah, like you, like I, I'm not my even gonna hold, like, I got a new glove. I'm not. Yeah, like lie. as soon like I, the only reason why I thought of that one because yesterday there's like a little piece like right by like where I hold my driver that's like fading away, and I'm like this thing's gonna rip like the next time I go out. 
And then you're just going to get a new one right after that round. Yeah, like you're going right to the store right after. New glove. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that'll that do it for the new segment. That was a very successful segment, boys. We got a lot. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So we'll definitely be back with this. That, that's going to be every, we're going to do this every single episode, right? In the summer. We should probably just do this every single episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with that. That's fun. We'll, right. we'll have a good one. We we texted about a few that we're possibly going to do for next episode. So yeah, it'll be back. And how are we going to do back. kind of what PMT does and we're, we'll tweet out or like. Yeah, we're going to vote. Okay. We'll vote. We're going to have votes on Twitter and Instagram for this, okay. by the way. I'm going to make so a graphic. Make sure to vote. I'm going to make some polls on our Instagram story and then on Twitter. So make sure to check that out at Inside the Five Pod. Um, other than that, guys, I think this is going to wrap us up, right? Yeah. yeah. Glad to be back. Glad, Glad to, be back. to be back. It's been a run. It's been We've a stressful. had some technical difficulties. It's been a yes. stressful few weeks trying to find a way to record. We um, had an episode recorded literally last week. And yeah. It just, and the file was just, just gone. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but we're no. back. We have a good backup option, which is what we're using right now. I wouldn't say this is temporary because this is what we're going to go back to once we're all back at school. But the goal is to have us all together recording these. Um, we did that last week, and then the video just stopped recording. Mm-hmm. I had it on my phone. We're getting a camera. We're going to be vlogging, too. We're going to have episodes in person soon. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to check us out on the socials at Inside the Five Pod. We hope you guys enjoyed. We're glad we're back. We will catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.